Well then, dear friends in Christ, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So a special greeting to all those who don't regularly worship with us, who might be joining over the radio, live streaming, whatever way it might be. We are in quite strange times. But again, that doesn't mean that we stop praising or worshiping. And just because we're not physically present with one another, we still gather together in God's spirit and in his truth. But because you might not regularly worship with us, I want, you to in, I want to introduce to you what we have been doing through the season of Lent. We've been going through this book called The Red Letter Church, uh, which is a 40-day devotional where we are challenging ourselves to grow and specifically to follow the words of Jesus, which, as the name implies, are read in many Bibles. Now, in beginning this challenge, it's not using this challenge to replace God's word, but as a supplement to God's word. Because we begin this challenge by reflecting on our being, how we be with God, but more specifically, how, who God has made us to be. We see that God has made us who we are through redemption, as he has saved us through sin and death, through the cross and the empty tomb. But that also means that because of that event, we change who we are, our being, then changes from that, where we find our being in him. We are being in prayer. We be in his word. We be, like now, in worship. And we be in life as his child. Now, the second week, we focused on forgiveness. And it's kind of funny to separate being and forgiveness because really those two things are so united. Because when we find our being in God, it is found in his forgiveness. And it's because of his forgiveness that we have a new being. But we start the challenge by looking seriously at our sin, where we have failed, what we have done wrong. We see what the problem of sin is, what this large problem is that causes us to be separated from God. But yet, then we look at how God, in his forgiveness, has removed this problem of sin. And in forgiveness, he has forgiven us by paying the price of sin, which is paid only by death. But yet, in this case, it is God's death and not our death that pays the price of sin, as we are forgiven through Christ's death and then blessed with new life through his resurrection. But yet also then in reflecting on forgiveness, we see also how God addresses all of these things. That he gives us grace. And then because we have been given grace, we then give grace. We do it as a reflection of, again, who he has made us to be. In finding our being in him, in being forgiven by him, we then live to be forgiving especially that we forgive past faults, we release people from past grudges, we overlook sin to be the presence of God's forgiveness, not permitting sin, but overlooking it so that we might love and serve people to find their new being in God. Then last week, we started looking at the week of serving. The, the passage from 1 John is always what sticks out in my mind. We love because he first loved us. 
in, in very similar ways. We serve because he has served us. And it's not done for gain or for praise, but to do good, to be God's presence in this world. In our redemption, we have been made to be a reflection of God, that we be these living gospel messages because the gospel is so beautifully and wonderfully proclaimed through our works and our actions. We don't do this service so that we might more receive the gospel, but we do these acts of service so that we might give the gospel more freely by walking in these good works. You know, your service may seem very insignificant to you, but it is you living out your call to be a child of God. But now we reflect on the week of giving. And in this book, the author opens up by saying that I am convinced that it is impossible for, uh, to be a stingy Christian. And I really hate that word stingy. It really strikes me to the core because I'm stingy. I don't give as I should. And I think that many of you probably identify with that as well. Most of us don't give as we should. And it's not just money we're talking about here. We're stingy with our time. This is, this is my time. I have reserved it for me to do this, to focus on something that I want to do, rather than living in the grace of God. We're stingy with our abilities. You might be able to do all of these wonderful things, but you do it to serve yourself rather than serving other people or serving God. But again, it's that problem of sin. And the problem of sin always boils down to the simplest of breaking the first commandment, that we replace God. God says, don't have any other gods besides me because I'm the one who's actually doing all of this work for you. And we say, yeah, that sounds great. And then replace him very often with ourselves. We say that we're in charge of all that we have. I'm in charge of my time, my money, my things, my life. I am in control. But the reality is that sin and that selfishness and that's the devil himself lying to us. We can do anything and everything we can possibly think of to enhance or prolong our lives, but the reality is, is that we are still in God's hands. God is in control. But what's very unique and interesting, especially as we look all the way back to Genesis, all the way back to the Garden of Eden, we see that God has given us control of many things in this life. That we are to be the ones who care for this creation. Not just ourselves, not just our brothers and sisters, not just our own family, but all people, all things of this world. This is what I want us to reflect on when we think about giving. What have we been given to use. And to best understand this, to best understand anything, we have to look first to God and to his example. He, first and foremost, is generous. He is so generous. And his love is shown explicitly to us in generosity because he gives us everything. 
He gives us his grace. Grace is most simply defined as a gift. God gives us a gift. And this generous grace is the grace of himself. That he has given us absolutely everything of himself. The Father who lovingly provides, the Son who gives his life, the Spirit who walks with us, giving us all of his time and ability. Not because we deserve it, not because we've done anything to ever deserve it. Not even dependent on the past lives we've lived, completely dependent on God's generosity. When you think of generosity, I don't want you to think of somebody writing a big check to a charity. That's often what comes into my mind. What I want us to think of is I want us to think of the cross and the empty tomb. That we have a God who adores his creation to such a point that he would die for it. And undeservingly die for it, if you really think about it. Because what we deserve is punishment. We have done the wrong, but yet he in his generosity takes those wrongs and suffers for them. We who are guilty have been set free rather than facing the punishment for our sins. This is what generosity looks like. This is who our generous God is. So flowing from that gospel of generosity, we then live. Again, in this red letter challenge, it's this being, this forgiveness, this serving. All of these things are so uniquely united to one another of who we are as a child of God. That we are finding our being in Him, in, in His Word, in His worship, in who He has made us to be, and in, in how He has forgiven us, and how He has served us, and how He calls us to serve, and in how He has been generous to us, so that we might be generous. This, this challenge that we're focusing on, are focusing on those little pieces of the Christian life which seem insignificant at times, but really are along with Christ as our cornerstone, the foundation of our lives in God. And in this week of challenge, we will be challenged to give without expecting anything in return, to give of our own resources, to give to those in need, to give clothing, to give the tithe, to give sacrificially, to give as a gift. And in this challenge, by nature of it being a challenge, we are to push ourselves to go over and above what we already do. As, as uh, Nancy pointed out, that beautiful lesson from Scripture of Jesus with the widow and the widow's might. That Jesus and his disciples are at the temple. They see these, these Pharisees and, and all these righteous, seemingly righteous people just pouring in all of these riches into the temple. But Jesus doesn't focus on them, and he doesn't call them generous. What he focuses on is a woman who gives two tiny coins that are practically worthless. And Jesus lifts up her for being generous, saying that she has given of everything. That is what generosity looks like. That is our challenge to trust in God so, so sincerely 
that we give of everything as generously as he has done for us. And in turning to our readings from Scripture today, we see how serious this this is. Because Malachi does not mix words when he is talking about it. Very stark and serious that the children of Israel are robbing God. Note there the language choice, not stealing from, not like sneaking in and snatching away, but robbing. In my mind, uh, the, the definition for robbing is there's, there's violence included with this. The people are, are physically taking back all of these gifts that God has so generously given them. But verse 8, there's for us to consider as well. Have we robbed God? Have we done the same thing? In many ways, yes. Because we are not generous as God has called us to be generous. And I first and foremost am that person. I do not give as I am to give. I think to myself, well, you know what? I spend so much time in this church doing all these things for the church. I'm already giving of every time and ability that I have. And so my day off is my day off. And that's my time. And you can't use it for anything else. Am I robbing God by doing that? Am I being generous by doing that? But look at God's response to this. He doesn't keep throwing accusations at the people of Israel, but rather turns to them and challenges them. He tests them. And it's almost like a taunt. God says, test me. See if I'm really going to bless you. See if I really will open up the vaults of heaven and pour out all these blessings on you. And that if you do this, I will pour out great blessings on you. I will do it. What's difficult about this is that it kind of seems like a pagan practice, right? That those who do not walk with God try and persuade God to do things for them, like shower them with blessings by doing good works. It's, it's strange. But here God is encouraging them to do that. But what's really going on here? And what's really going on here is that in the tithe, in giving, in generosity, we're showing faith, right? We're, we're trusting in him. We're not doing these good works as excess. We're doing these good works out of who we are. We're giving of everything of ourselves. Remember how sin causes us to break the first commandment? How it causes us to say that we are in charge, that we are the ones who, who really are in charge of every aspect of our lives. Faith gets us to step away from that sin and say, no, God, you are in charge. And as you are in charge, you have called us to give. And as you have called us to give, you are challenging us to do so. A sacrifice of what we have been given shows that we know who is in charge and that we trust God to serve us and to care for us. What I want you to see is that generosity is the same as serving. And I want you to see that by looking at our gospel lesson from Matthew 25, where Jesus says that as you have given and served to others, you're giving and serving him. When you give food, clothing, money, when you give of yourself, of your time, of your energy, talents, abilities, whatever, when you are generous, as God has called you to be generous, you are serving him. 
It's another form of worship. By loving and serving our neighbor, we are loving and serving God. It is a reflection of who he is for us. And when we are reflecting him, it preaches the gospel all the more. And we honor him all the more. The final question that we wrestle with in giving always seems to be, what's the limit? How much time do I really have to give? How much of myself do I really have to give? How much money do I really have to give? And we really need to change those questions. We need to change it to be, how generous can I be? How generous can I be? And you might not be there yet. That's why this is a challenge. That you are to reflect on all these things, that you are to stop, seriously look at God's word, seriously go to God in prayer, in worship, and stop and reflect on how generous God has been. And then to call on him to help you then to be generous. The challenge that began with the focus on being and then forgiving and then serving for us to then be generous. All of these things are tied together. But it always begins with who God is, how we know him, and how he has called us to be generous, how he has called us to be a reflection of him. Amen? Amen. Amen.